0: I guess it was Friday night when I started getting a little bit of a download on some of the stuff that I was going to be talking about today, um, but it was actually over lunch this week where I was having a conversation with somebody, and uh, I found, myself, I f- I found uh, myself in my conversation having uh, a passion for a certain topic, and uh, when I realized that the passion was flowing out of me in that conversation, I thought, well, I think this might be the message, and um, and this is something that the Lord taught me, um, sometime around. Well, it was actually whenever Hurricane Harvey hit in Houston, Texas. And what the Lord did in that moment for me was um, He birthed some passion inside of me that moved me and drove me to to act um, in response to to what had happened with all the devastation in uh, in Houston, and so. Uh, what I learned in that during that time is the Lord showed me that I don't have to worry like in being this teacher and this leader to the body of Christ and embracing that role that when I lead and when I teach, I don't have to teach and lead um, from a place of performance, but I can teach and lead from a place of passion. And so what I pray even for you is that the Lord would move in your life in such a way that you would not perform, but that you would live out of passion, because he's already put something in you, and that something in you, there, there's something in you that drives you on a day-to-day basis. And when you when you function through the world and you see certain things, maybe you see certain injustices, and the Lord stirs something in you, and you have a passion and a righteous anger towards that, or when you start talking about a certain topic, like when we start when Kim starts talking about identity in Christ. There's passion there, and there's and, and I would and we like to use this phrase that there's something on that, right. So like when she begins to talk about identity, there's something on it. and it, and what I mean by that is that the Lord has has birthed that in her and it's coming out of her. right. And so the Lord has all given us um, something that that we're passionate about. Um, and so I just want I want to encourage you that as you see those things, or you recognize those things coming out of you with passion on a day to day basis or in a conversation or weekly or maybe in one instance when that 's happening, take note of that because when it comes to um, like sharing faith and when it comes to giving a word or prophesying or encouraging somebody and those kinds of things when it comes to being the body and building each other up. Um, Oftentimes, I fall into a trap of performance, right? So, like, let's say Linda's going through a hard time, and and as we're sitting there and she's talking to me, I may not feel anything, right? I may not have anything stir up in me, but then all of a sudden, I'm like, why is this story not moving me? She's having such a hard time, but I literally feel nothing at this moment. And so then, instead of saying, Lord, what is your heart for this situation? I begin to condemn myself for not feeling a certain way towards her situation, right? And so, um, but if I'm in a moment with her and Linda's going through a hard time and something stirs in me, I can give a passionate response and that doesn't come from a place of performance. Well, I ought to respond with love or I ought to respond with mercy or I ought to respond by giving, right? It's not, bur- it's not coming from performance, but it's burst out of and it can't help but burst out of you, right? Even scripture says out of your belly will flow rivers of living water, Right That the spirit in us is going it 's going to burst out of us in a moment where it needs to burst out of us, and so um, what I want to do today during this time is um, my my hope during this time is to activate freedom inside of you to act on the passion that God has given you right so let me say that again, I want to activate you to act on the passion that God has birthed inside of you. I want you to have the freedom to act on that because there's a freedom that needs to be had in the church to be able to do that, right? <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> and so let me let me talk a little bit about this and then um, by the Lord's spirit, I, I trust that he'll lead us and guide us in the way that this needs to go. Um, so I was having this conversation uh, with somebody, and I was saying, "You know, I feel as if even um, so as a teacher and a leader i 'm always going to go back to my role because this is uh, this is the lens through which I, I view my walk and the way the way that I interact with you all you 're all body of christ you 're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, scripture tells us in ephesians four that that he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers for the building up." of the saints for the work of the ministry until we all reach and attain maturity in the knowledge and understanding of Christ, right? So there's a, there's a purpose and there's an until we reach maturity. And so the Lord desires that we all grow up in works of service, right? And so that you're equipped for works of service and don't think of this in terms of it only in terms of functioning in a certain ministry, right? So, We've boxed ourselves in. This is the statement that, I've, that I wrote. I said, We've thought far too long. Um, we've thought for far too long inside of a box. And I said, Which box? Well, the box we've created. We've, we've essentially framed in our thinking, right? So the capacity of this building is defined by the walls that are erected, right? And this is what we do in our life with our spiritual thinking and the way, that we can, the way that we consider ministry and the way that we consider sharing testimony and the way that we consider building each other up and the way that we consider church even, the way that church is done, we've framed it. So if, you've, if you ever have seen a house built, it starts with a foundation and the foundation is very important. But then you see the walls start to go up and you see the framing of the house and the framing is very important as well. But once you've laid the foundation and once you've built the frame, you've you've essentially um, limited the capacity of that house for the the amount of space, living space, and the amount of people that can live within it, right? And so what we've done over time with good hearts but honestly through a religious spirit is that we've we've framed in and we've boxed in certain roles within the church and we've boxed in certain giftings and we've boxed in our understanding of our contribution and our capacity to contribute to the building up of the body of Christ. So scripture tells us specifically that he's given some so He is he's called some out and said you are going to build up the body for the work of the ministry but also the body, which is you and all of us, need to be equipped for the works of service. And so I think that what we've done is we've done a really good job of telling people that they should serve. We've done a really good job of telling people that they should encourage one another. We've done a really good job of telling people that they should love and they should forgive and they should show mercy and they should act out in their giftings, right? They should live according to their role and their call to the body of Christ and to the world. They should be on mission. Thank you, brother. Right? We've done a good job of saying you should, but I honestly feel as though we've, we have terribly limited the opportunity for people to function in those ways. And I'll just tell you right now, I don't have all of the answers concerning this. But what I do have now is an awareness given by the Lord with a passion now, a passion flowing out of me so that when I look at you all, when I see the faces in this room, and most of you I I know fairly well, um, when I see you, I don't see you just as somebody sitting in a pew receiving, but I see every single one of you with the capacity to build up the body of Christ through testimony and through witness of Christ and through the experience that you have with the Father and Christ and the way that the Holy Spirit leads you you have just as much ability by the Holy Spirit in you to do exactly what I'm doing and and we've we have done a disservice and and I don't know why it why we do this but We've we've turned it into this. And we've made this something to be attained, right? We've made this like if you make it there, you've made it or you you shared. And so now you're valuable to the body of Christ or you got a word and you communicated it. Good job. I now see you as spiritually elite or venerated or lifted up or on a different tier. Right. So. If I'm here and this is my spot every single Sunday and I watch this place, well, then I've some way, shape or form. Maybe I've idolized this box and made this something that is unattainable for myself. But I'm and, and this is nothing to be attained, by the way. It is nothing to be attained. When I I remember sitting out in pews watching preachers and thinking to myself, if I could just make it there, then I'll be valuable to the body of Christ. What a lie from the enemy. That's a freaking lie. <laughs> if I can just make it there. Well, I'm here. I'm here and I'm no different than anybody else in the room. When it comes to the, the capacity of the spirit of God in me to be a blessing and to be able to encourage up and build up the, the body of Christ through testimony, simply by using words. And so we've, we've venerated this place. Now, let me, let me, let me just, let me fight <laughs> some arguments. I know some people would say, well, you've got you've to honor the pulpit, brother. You, I mean, you know, it's a sacred place. And scripture even tells that, says that, you know, not everyone should desire to be teachers. I'm not talking about desiring to be a teacher. I'm not talking about in Titus and in Timothy where it talks about all of the qualifications to be an elder or a deacon. What I'm talking about is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And it says when the Spirit comes upon you, you go, right, go, and you'll wait for the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit comes upon you, you'll receive power, and you, everybody, you, collective you, if we read it in Spanish, it would say nosotros, which means all of us. Right. Not just me reading this individually, but all of us, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses. And so we have the power to witness every single one of you who have experienced God in one way or another. And we have severely in this in this setting. And and let me just say that everybody says their church is different, but there's there's something different about this place. And I can tell you what's different in my heart about this place and this environment is that I don't want to be the guy. This is not Jason's church, right? Jason, lead pastor of the Source Wichita. You know, I don't even claim that. I teach and lead at the Source by the grace of God is what I say, right? I don't claim that. I'm not, I've never wanted to build my own thing. I mean, I've never, I've never wanted to be like the guy at the top looking down and You know what I mean? And I think that we've done a disservice by creating this this hierarchy. And so when I was having this conversation and the Lord was birthing this passion in me, what I was beginning to get passionate about and and praise the Lord for Andrea for stepping out. So she comes up to me after I in in the sermon, I say, what I have to say about my experience with the Lord is just as important as what you have to say about your experience with the Lord. Because right? he's all moving in our lives. We can all witness to how he's at work in us. And then Andrea comes up and says, hey, can I preach? Or can I speak? Or whatever it is, share. Can I share is that the word she said. And uh, And I wrestled with it for a moment. And then I was just like, no, this is what we need to do. And she reminded me of what the Lord has done in me to, he's given me freedom to essentially hold this and steward this not with a tight grip, but with an open hand, right? And she reminded me of how much I enjoy having other people come and teach and share and do those things so that the work of the service doesn't all fall on me. And if we read in Scripture, Paul says this He says, If anybody, right, what do we think, what have we made it to say? Well, if anybody who's been to seminary and has a degree in this and has a master's in this and that and has served in another church for 10 years, now qualified, has you know, been elected in and voted in by our committee and can now step. I mean, it, right? We, if anyone has a hymn or a, a, a tongue or an interpretation of a tongue or a prophecy, he says, let him do it. Two, three at the most in order because our God is a God of order, not of chaos. And he says, give them a platform to share. Nowhere within that scripture does it frame, right? Nowhere in the scripture has he has He set up walls within the context of what we've existed in for as long as we've been going to church so that it's this, I'm the guy and I do this to you and you all sit there and listen, but you're never activated By the spirit that's already in you. I'm just recognizing. I see it. Right? Amen. The spirit is already in you. Right? And I'm just speaking to that. And giving you freedom. Saying you can. Be. An encouragement. And a builder. Of the body of Christ. By the testimony. By the power of the spirit in you. That's already in you. Right? And so nowhere in that scripture has it been framed and so i'm 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 as i'm communicating this i'm i'm trying at the same time to discern from the lord how things are going to look going forward but my hope and my prayer is that the lord would show us how to have more of an open opportunity and an openness so that this right here is not an idol and it's not this sacred it's important it's important right because the things it obviously the things that i say And for some reason, the person with the mic has the influence, right? And so we all listen, and we don't always agree. And we should certainly be careful what we say, right? But this thing should not be idolized as this sacred, untouchable thing within this body of Christ. Like, there's this you sitting there looking at me, and there's a time for this, and it's important. But what I I want to do is that in the Spirit... I want to put us in a circle all looking at each other, right? So rather than you out there looking up at me and the physical and the spirit, we're all looking at each other. And we're saying, well, what's the Lord doing in your life? Well, what's the Lord saying to you? What is the Lord saying to you? What is the Lord saying to you? We've all been by religion. We've all been held down in such a way that we haven't felt like we've had the freedom to speak something out if we have something to say. And essentially, what I even I've done it in the past when I do this kind of thing, if I don't give opportunity for the Spirit to speak through you, I've essentially shut your mouth according to what the Spirit maybe possibly wants to do in you. And so, what I need, what I need for you to do is to know that you have the freedom in this place and that I believe in the Spirit in you. To, to discern whether or not you have a word and it's a timely word and it is the spirit. It's not pride saying, well, I want to be up there or whatever it is. Just know that there's essentially what, is, what I'm wanting to see happen is we're taking this pyramid, this hierarchy to where the pastor's at the top and the congregation's at the bottom and everybody's down looking up and we're going to flip that on its head so that so that the leaders in the church are the leaders in Ephesians that are there to lift up and build up the body of Christ, not to press down on the body of Christ. And this is what we've done with the hierarchy. And so we're flipping it on its head. And I'm saying that as as a teacher and a leader and concerning Ephesians 4, an apostolic role to the body to take you and to lift you up for the work of the ministry, to get under you and lift you up, you know, pastors are so afraid of losing people. We're so afraid of uh, of um, other people coming in or like I'm going to pour into your life and then you're going to go do something else. What if I realize my role, right? I know not everybody's going to be here all the time. You know, Casey, you may have uh, Colorado in your future, right? Leading worship in the woods on a mountain, right? That's probably on, in your future. So during the time that you're with us, Should I try and come up with every way, shape, and form to keep you here so that you only ever serve at the Source Wichita and you're only ever effective in ministry here? Or should we be pouring into you, loving you, encouraging you, helping you get closer to Christ, empowering you, and equipping you so that when you go, you don't go with a top-down ministry, but with knowing that you're at the bottom to lift people up, right? And this is what scripture says. Jesus, he said, the first will be last, right? He came as a servant. This is why he washed the disciples' feet. He put himself all the way down to the bottom. He took what they thought was um, the worst, uh, or not the worst, but the lowest form, right? So in the religious system, the high priest was seen as the guy who was the greatest in that kingdom, And Jesus showed up and he says, the greatest is the one who's washing the feet of those around him. He took, he flipped it on its head because Jesus is the great high priest. That was established, no doubt. Those who humble themselves, the Lord will exalt, right? They'll be lifted up. And so Jesus took the place of a servant knowing that that was the greatest place in the kingdom. And so to have a great place in the kingdom, recognize that the Lord has gifted you And his spirit in you desires and should desire to serve others, to build them up, not to be at the top, right? For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And so in the same way that I'm seeing this pyramid and I'm saying, let's flip it over, right? There's gonna be times where I need to teach and give a word and I'm gonna do that as the spirit leads. But if I don't have something and you do, well, then why would I try and come up with something and then silence what the Lord is doing in you. Do you guys feel me? You need to be up here, don't you? Okay.
1: <laughs> Two things right quick. Just as you started speaking, the Lord gave me a vision of Jacob's ladder, angels ascending and descending on and around you, Jason. But also, not just you, we are all Jacob's ladder.
0: Hmm. Sorry, I was trying to find a break in the passion to. <coughs> and so let me let me do just a little bit of teaching real quick. So this is kind of the, something that was um, that was uh, the Lord was kind of showing me in Scripture. So in Genesis it talks about in the image of God He created them, male and female. And so we've all been created in the image of God. And I got to thinking about something. So if you look around in this building, <coughs> you see people who. Um, Who, in there, by nature, we're all human, right? We all have the same features, um, or or the same items, (laughs) biological, physiological makeup, right? Like eyes and ears and mouth and nose, and we we all have that. Arms and legs, but we all look very, very different. Um, You may have seen identical twins or triplets, and you're just kind of like, "Wow, that's crazy." Um, When I was working with the Houston Arrows in Houston, Texas, we had twins on our team. And um, when I first um, started, like when I was first around them, I couldn't tell the difference between them. You know, you just look at them at first glance, you're like, wait, which one's which, right? Some of you, maybe with Danita and Denise, Jessica's kids, you're kind of like, wait a second. But the more you get to know those people, and so I was the team photographer, so I had to take pictures of this dance team, and so I would do headshots, and so when I would get the headshots in the computer, I'd always pull them up next to each other and I would say, okay. It was like one of those games like where there's like five differences and you have to circle them. So I'm looking at this twin and looking at that one. I was like, oh, they have a different smile. Oh, you know, and so you, you start to look and there's still a difference. So even at face value, <laughs> no pun intended, face value, um, there doesn't seem to be a difference, but there, but there are differences even with identical twins, right? And so here's where I'm going with this, is that uh, I Googled, How many people have lived, uh, have ever been born? And the Google answer is uh, 108.2 billion people have ever been born. And let me tell you that as long as I've been alive, I've come to know many hundreds, maybe even thousands of people. And I've seen in my lifetime probably hundreds of thousands, maybe even a million people in my lifetime. I'm just seen, like out in places, being at at, um, sporting events. And let me tell you, everybody looks different. Right, And I got to thinking how that is representative of who our God is. That our God is so, he's so deep and so beautiful that if he's giving physical representation of his beauty by placing his image in man, that throughout history there has not been any other person born that has been 100% like the other person. And so all throughout history, the Lord has been birthing his images into the planet and it has never been the same. Does that, does that make sense? So 108 billion images of God, none looking exactly the same. That's mind boggling to me. And I got to thinking about that and I said, how much have we then limited God in the place of the church when get, we've given him one face? Right? My face, my testimony, my experiences, my understanding of scripture, my study, my prayer life. If all you're ever doing is learning from the way that God is moving in me, well then we've severely limited the amount of understanding that we have of God. And when, when you open your mouth in testimony of how the Lord works in your life, like I look at Tim, and I know Tim doesn't like to talk about this, but I see Jehovah Jireh, God as provider, fleshing out in Tim's life and in Chrissy's life. God has, has provided over and over again. And not just exactly what they need, but more than what they need, so much so that they live a generous life. And I see the generosity of God flow through their lives. That's an image of the Father, right? That's an image of the Father, moving through them and they're so humble they don't wanna they don't want to communicate it. Oh, we gave this much money and we did this and that. Yeah, I I get that and I understand that. But in a greater image you could have a testimony that says you don't have to give numbers, you don't have to tell how much you've ever given, but you could say the Lord has always provided and He continues to provide so much so that we pay all our bills, we save, we have retirement, and we give generously to the church. That's testimony. And I just robbed you of giving it. You're welcome. But using you as an example, and so we all here in this place have testimony of the way that the Lord is moving in our lives, right? And so we get a greater image of who God is when we are all activated by the power of the Spirit in us to testify of the goodness of God and his works Right? I'll speak. I'll remember your works. I'll speak of your great works, your mighty hand and your outstretched arm. David in the Psalms will continually remind the Israelites in his, in his Psalms of the goodness of God who rescued them from the hand of Pharaoh and he continually testified of the works of God. In a worship time, he did that. He made it part of his worship to speak of the good works of the Father. And so if we're going to continue to move in in the way that the Lord wants this thing to shape out, I foresee that sharing a word from all of you, or as you feel led, right? As the Spirit moves in you and out of passion, not out of works. Well, everybody in the church has already shared, but we've never shared, so I probably need to come up with something to share. It's the wrong spirit, right? If the Lord moves in you, if you go this week and you're having a rough time or whatever it is and you experience the Lord in a way that he pulls you out of the pit and he just gives you, he just reminded me in Habakkuk 2.9 of his great mercies. Come take two minutes. Habakkuk 2.9 says, and this, I'm just making this up, that his mercies are great. And, 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 and Psalms says they're, they're renewed every morning. And I experienced that today because his mercies were renewed. So let's just all honor the, the work of the Lord in your life for this week. And thank you, Lord, for moving and working. And thank you that your mercies are renewed every morning. And if anybody here needs new mercy today, Father, open up the heaven to pour that out. We thank you for the work that you're doing. And if you can pour out mercies in her life, you can pour out mercies in our life. We all need mercy, Father. And then maybe the trajectory of the day will change because somebody spoke about spoke up about the mercies of God and we're all in a, in a place in that moment where we need the mercy of God, right? Except that oh, I already had my sermon series planned out for two years and so two years ago I decided that today we were gonna, you know what I'm saying? Like this planning is good, it's great. But again, we can't ignore the work that the Lord is doing in you guys and I want to, as in in this apostolic realm in this apostolic office or in this apostolic spirit say to you that I trust the spirit in you that if you ever need to share or want to share let's talk and let's have openness and let's love on each other and share our story scripture says if one part of the body suffers it all suffers and if one part rejoices it all rejoices and I got to thinking about this And this happens to me sometimes, and I need to repent of this, is that sometimes I hear people talking about the way that the Lord is working in their lives, and I write it off. The pride in my heart puts up a wall so that I don't want to hear what they're saying, because either one, I'm upset because the Lord hasn't worked in my life in that regard, or two, there's something about that person that just bugs me, and I haven't been able to reconcile it in my heart. And so I shut off the power of the Spirit testifying of God's goodness because of my pride. And so we have to overcome our pride in that regard. I have to overcome my pride in that regard. God is not only at work in my life. He's at work in your life. And I have to then put myself in a place of humility so that if you're suffering, that I would suffer with you. But if you're rejoicing, I'm rejoicing with you, right? So we come in, we're all a body. I mean, it's just like when Kim and I had Illy you all had Illy, right? She was birthed into our life, but you all now hopefully enjoy <laughs> the presence of our daughter. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And so she's a joy in our life, right? And so it's like that. When the Lord does something in us or the Lord has a word or the Lord's working, that when you are receiving good things From God above who does not change like shifting shadows. When you're receiving those good things, those good things are coming to the body. To build the body up. When the Lord infuses joy in you, Linda, it infuses joy into all of the body. And when we suffer, we all suffer. But we suffer well and we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that they cause endurance and perseverance. And they make us complete, not lacking anything as we talked about a couple weeks ago. And so if we're all growing in the Lord, if I'm growing in the Lord, we ought to all be growing in the Lord because we're a community of disciples who are pouring into each other's lives and sharing testimony and giving words and prophesying and speaking and, and teaching and sharing and doing these things. And I just, I just want to make the source, Wichita, and our disciple community a place of freedom where that happens. Because that's the Lord's desire. I'm still going to continue in my role. As I get words and teachings, I'm going to teach. I'm going to share my passions. But I want you all to consider and ask the Lord to activate inside of you that power of the Spirit to testify of His goodness. And so that moving forward in an orderly fashion and... I I was going to say two or three or whatever Scripture says, but in an orderly fashion as the Spirit leads, I want us to build each other up. Tell me a story how God has been active in your life. Tell me a story of some of the things, you know, like as Christine leads us in these times of of approaching the Father, like what did you see? What happened, right? Like a couple weeks ago, um, we were talking about like seeing our scroll. Scripture says that there were these books and they were open, that everything was written about everybody's life and, and I said Lord what, did, what do you want to show me and I just saw this like page and it said rock on it I'm like rock well that's interesting so I started praying into that but then the other thing um, she said maybe Jesus wants to give you something and I held out my hand and I got like this gold scepter with a red ruby on it and I was like well that's interesting if you guys remember me talking about this prophecy of where I'm this guy I'm leading this charge the Lord gave me the scepter to lead the charge and what am I doing right now You know what I mean? He gives this to me and then he births the passion. He does this last week, births the passion in me and here, here I am this morning leading the charge in what the Lord desires to do here. I mean, we might think it's crazy or am I just seeing this or is this even real? Let me tell you, the Lord is real. <laughs> and what he's doing in our lives is powerful and we can step into that. And so now I have to figure out how to take that and and lead in my home and lead in my marriage and lead in my relationships and lead in my job. It's not just here. So I've done myself a disservice by thinking that this is the only platform where I can do this kind of thing. And I've looked at my job as a burden and not as a platform. Right? Man. And so, again, we've thought too long inside of the box. And which box is that? What's the box we've created? We've framed in our thinking. And so, I'm just asking the Lord that He'll tear down some of the, the ways that we've we've seen certain things. Now let me just let me just say that yeah, there are certain people who are gifted in the body. Um, you know, elders and deacons and shepherds and teachers and evangelists and apostles, and we can recognize and we can honor those roles and they serve a specific place in the body. And you know, I'm gonna continue to embrace my role in that regard, and I'm gonna I'm gonna honor people in in the platform that the Lord has placed them in, whether they're lead pastor or elder or or whatever it may be. I'm going to honor people where the Lord has placed them um, and where they are in in the church body. Um, But what I want to do, again, is seeing this disciple community through a different lens. I'm going to let the Lord shift this and I'm going to let him shape it. And Scripture says that the Spirit is like the wind. right? And we know the wind shifts and it moves and it turns. And something that somebody spoke over me when we first started disciple community, because I said, God, I need this thing to be different. Like, I, I don't want to just start this thing where we all come and it's just like, oh, good word, and then we go home and then that's it. Like, that's not my desire. I want functional ministry, right? I want it to. I want this to accomplish something. I want a work to be done, right? And so we want to create an environment of presence. Where And, and when I say that, it's that we all want to acknowledge the Father with us and we want to press in. Right And this in the, in the heavenlies, we, approaching the throne, we want to press into that place, and so I say, well steward presence, but it's in his presence where we receive fullness of joy, right? It's the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? So if the joy of the Lord is our strength, well where do we get the joy of the Lord in his presence? We go to his presence to get the fullness, and then the fullness of the joy becomes our strength, and it's everything that Jesus gives us. And so we have to approach Jesus, we, we go to the Father, we trust the Holy Spirit to lead us. Um, and we want to, to be changed. And, and so when I, and let me just, let me kind of lay this foundation real quick. When I say changed, my heart is that in these times where we're here together and we're in this community, that the Lord would infuse or administrate some heavenly reality or truth, identity or mercy, grace, forgiveness, judgment, justice, whatever it may be, that he would infuse that into us in this moment. So we are given what we need, right? So you might receive mercy and grace in your time of need. So when we approach in our need, we're given what we need in a moment to then um, accelerate and activate us as we leave the doors of this building to then function outside of the four walls of this building, right? So we want the Lord to continue to infuse within us what we need. So it's like filling up a car with gas. <laughs> we drive in the gas station, we pop in the nozzle, we fill the car up, and then we have what we need to drive around for the week. And so essentially, we're driving up to the filling station and saying, God, put in me what I need <laughs> to to burn through, right? Our God has a consuming fire, right? Um, you add a spark to the gas and it combusts and it drives the engine. So we come here and the Lord fills us with his fuel, lights us, and then we burn with passion and desire and we burn with love and concern and mission and care for our families, our friends, our communities, and our workplaces throughout the week, right? So that is the point of what we're doing here. And so, with that being said, um, I don't have anything else. But that doesn't mean that the Lord hasn't given you something. And so, if you feel led in this moment, maybe two or three for a moment, I would allow you guys and encourage you guys to come up, um, either talk, whatever, I'm just, it's open. It's open community. Alright?
2: <clears throat>
3: okay, so, um, I've been neglecting this for a minute. Uh, but, uh, Anyways, what I, I've been being called to share is uh, um, what the true meaning of working unto the Lord is. Now, I actually started to write this stuff down, but of course it's at home, and I can't remember anything worth any value in my head. Um, so you're just going to have to look it up yourself if you're interested enough. Um, <laughs> anyways uh you know, what we generally think working under the lord is is you know you know go in punch in or you know whatever we do to clock in and you know you know whistle while we work and you know you know take everything with you know a glancing blow you know and all that stuff and that's not it what our work is, what we're led to do is I mean, there's, we each have our individual stuff, but our basic stuff, guys and gals, is to um, provide for a family. All right, like our job, that isn't our job, that's just our means for a real job, providing for a family. And not just, I'm not talking about financially, because financially is like, that's always a big deal for everyone because if you don't have enough money, you can't eat, you know, um, don't have a roof over your head. But that's like the smallest of these. The, you know, the biggest is, you know, providing spiritually for your family. Um, providing the means of your family to be able to um, focus on God, whether that means that you take charge men we're the leaders you know it says in the bible that we we are the head of the household and you know if you want to call that whatever your particular lead is is whether it is you know a boss a lead a foreman a manager whatever that whatever that is in your mind that's what you are and i know no one in our I know no one here likes a boss that's, you know, like, Oh, this is what I say, you do what I tell you, to And, you know, um, <coughs> leads by fear and not by example. And we need to lead by example. We need to be good heads of our household. Um, and I know sometimes I like in that because, you know, like, selfishness and greed and whatnot and all that stuff. Um, that's all of us Um, but we need to we need to think about how we would like to be led Um, and you know if we aren't we aren't providing for our families then we aren't doing our job and spiritually um, emotionally all of those things if we're, we're not doing our job and I don't know about you, but through my means, where I get my money from, if I'm not doing my job, I get fired. And that might, might not mean, you know, our, you know the, big, the big D word, divorce and stuff. That might not mean that. But like your partner or the ability for you to be able to be um, a leader for your family might be checked off. Like, well, forget you. Like, what? What have you done? You know, all of us have had those uh, managers or, or leads or head figures where, you're like, dude, you're lazy. You're a hypocrite. You know, you just bark orders. Like, seriously, what do you do? Hmm. And as personally as being a, a head lead myself and running the crew, I don't want to do that. You know, I'm always, I'm always. At least once a week, I'm, I'm always, you know, well, generally once a day, uh, suiting up, get in, in, in there and sweating with my crew. Um, and then there's often at least once a week, I don't have lunch so I can get work done because my work done, because I'm trying to help them as much as I can. Um, you know, working nine hours a day, six days a week. Um, and you know, I take that as importance and pride and stuff, but there's a lot of times where I take that too much so and am not not doing my work for my family. And I know all of us can do that because, you know, that gets around especially us guys, because, you know, like, that's what we do, you know. Or I do a manly job, you know. But and also we have lots of pride, too, and we need to um, take less pride in ourselves and more pride in um, being men of God. And um, you know that's that's really all I got to say. Because
0: yeah, that's all I I have. Something to follow up with that. So thank you, thank you, Dan. Yeah, honor him and the Lord for that. <clears throat> so, so here's here's kind of what I heard. Um, it's easier for me to go to work and bring home a paycheck than it is to go home and uh, lead my family into the presence of the Father. It's a lot easier to sit in front of a computer than it is to actually step into that role with my family at home. So, it's a good word. So, I'm going to pray. Um, pray for the men I, I mean, everybody leads their family but if you're here and specifically in speaking to the men if you're a man and you lead a family I just want you to stand up um, and and so we're going to ask we're going to ask the Lord to, to break um, hey, Henry's name actually means head of the household, right? Stand up, bud and this isn't like a patriarchal, sexist thing, but as a man, I know the struggle, um, and so I just—I had the thought. And this is hard to to admit, but it's the truth. I have all the boldness in the world to stand up behind this platform and speak to you guys, but I have little to no boldness to sit in front of my family and teach the word. It's the truth. And so we're going to ask that the Lord would break that and that he would change that trajectory of the way that we lead our families and the boldness that he would give us. He would infuse boldness to be able to lead our family in that regard. Because it's easy. Because there's shame and there's guilt. We feel unworthy. We feel stupid. <laughs> right? We think about all the things. We think about all the ways in which we've, we've betrayed our wives and our thoughts and our actions. And it has rendered us powerless. Right? No more, men. And ladies, I need your amen and your and, and your in your spirit, your agreement, the Lord's gonna do a work. Amen. amen. Alright, so Father, we just we approach your throne of mercy and grace, and we walk in on the arm of Christ. And by his blood we've been covered. And he said on the cross, it is finished. And the veil was torn. So we can approach the throne with boldness. We don't crawl and cower. But we come on the arm of Christ who loves us. We come as his bride. And we thank you, Jesus, that you said that you're going to wash us and cleanse us by the water of your word. And so we thank you for this time of washing and cleansing. In Isaiah, it speaks that he's going to take away our shame and he's going to give us a double portion. He's going to take away our shame and our guilt and he's going to give us a double portion. And so, Father, we stand before your throne and we ask for that double portion of boldness to lead our families in a spiritual way. God, that that working the nine to five would become secondary to the way that we work to provide in the Lord for our families, and so Lord, we want to exche- we, we just want to admit our guilt. Father, we admit that we've not led in that regard. we have, We admit that we've fallen short, and God, maybe we've not been in sin, but maybe we've just not even experienced the fullness. So I admit, Father, that I know that I've not experienced the fullness. And I also admit, Father, that there's been sin holding me back from leading my family in a spiritual way and providing for my family in a spiritual way. And so we all admit our guilt, we're guilty. And so, Father, I thank you that by the blood of the Lamb and because of Christ's work on the cross, that we're not guilty of these things and that you judge us to life and that your judgment is righteous and just and that it infuses life into our beings, Father. And so I thank you right now, Lord, that you're just pouring glory over the men in this place. God, that you're infusing us with boldness that we've never had before to lead our families in the way that we ought to lead them. And it's because you desire that for us. And so we come into agreement with your desire for us to lead in our families in this way. And so we gladly receive, Father, we we thank you that you fill our cups and that you fill them to overflowing. And that we drink, we drink of that, Father. We thank you that you anoint our heads with oil. We thank you that our cup is overflowing, Lord. And so, Father, we just pray for a shift in the trajectory of the way that we lead our families and we ask that as it is in heaven that it would be made manifest on earth and that this week, God, we would see things shift in our households. God, that marriages would begin to be mended, Father God. That secret sins would be brought to light and that shame and guilt would be taken away, Father. And that wives would have full They would have full understanding. And God, that there would not be any feelings of unworthiness, God. Lord, that our wives would know that we choose them or we wouldn't be in marriage with them, God. That you've set things in order and that we've said yes and that there are brides and we love them and desire them, Father God. So we pray for new trajectories in marriages, We pray that you strengthen our relationships, Father God, and that we as men and women married in Christ would know the mystery of the union of man and woman together. For this reason, man will leave his mother and father and be united with his wife, and they'll be one, Father. Show us the mystery of the oneness in unity with our spouses in a new way, Father God. We thank you, Lord that those who accuse and those that have been assigned to disrupt our marriages, God, that you've marked them, you've called them out, and that you've sent them away, Lord, and that they can no longer disrupt in the way that they've disrupted, Father God. And I pray that we would close the, close the gates where we've allowed the enemy into our marriages. God, that we would, we would um, physically and practically set up Fences in our life to not allow the enemy back in to cause disruption. God, restore to the vineyards that which those little foxes have ruined. And so that the vineyard might bear fruit, God, and that the fruit would produce a wine, God, and that we would be inebriated on each other's love and on your love. So we thank you, Father, for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Real talk, huh? I
3: actually remembered what I forgot earlier. And it's just a moment. Um, because, you know, you're you were praying and stuff.
2: In
3: addition to what I was saying, um, you know, for, for our wives, you know, we have our specific jobs, you know, in our family, and our wives have specific jobs. If we're not doing our job, just like anybody at work, if they're not pulling pulling their fair share of the work, it puts puts you know work on everybody else. If we're not doing our jobs, it puts more work on our wives, and they're not able to do their job as fully to where God is for what God has been calling wives to do. So if we're not doing our job, we're making our wives It's harder for our wives to do their job. And therefore, they aren't being able to um, be as, you know. They're not able to do their job completely. Um, And I'm saying job a lot, but um, completely. And that's because of us. There's only so much that they can do. We're supposed to be our, our helpmates. Um, our par- partners, right. we can't let them fail. Right. And I know I got work to do on that, so. Um, but yeah, and
0: then. Um, so that just reminds me of the yoke. So you put two oxen in the yoke, and if one is pulling the slave, then the other one has to carry both of the weight, it carries dead weight and the weight of the job. Mm-hmm. And so we work together. Mm-hmm. how i know you have yeah <clears throat>
1: yeah it was that moment where i'm like i don't really want to go up there god and he's like well your heart's gonna keep racing until you do i'm sorry you have a spirit of fear <laughs> i have a spirit of lord yeah i don't know if i want to go up there not a spirit of fear spirit of anxiousness Um, so so as Jason was talking and I mean it kind of goes in line with even um, what he just said about um, God highlighted the word value right to value one another so not just in marriage but to value each other and um, you know for years the Lord put that on my heart about you know how he is multifaceted. And just as he was saying about each one of us, we have that piece of the puzzle. And so as I was listening, I was writing this God is multifaceted. We are each a piece of the puzzle of who God is. Without one piece, we do not receive the fullness of the picture. If we do not value who God has given us, he will do whatever needs to be done to give that person value to pour out his love onto them. And then he gave me the verse, even though it's talking uh, a little bit about um, riches, you know, money, wealth. He said, if, if you are faithful with little, you will be faithful with much. And so, um, you know, with that, with that little bit, he's going to Pour out even more more love onto those people, onto anything, you know, that you, when you focus on Him and you see that piece of that person as that multifaceted piece of who God is, then He puts um, an even greater emphasis on, um, what am I trying to say, Lord, on that. So, anyway, um, so it says it's Luke. It's from Luke sixteen ten. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with very much, and whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much. Um, and it says so. If you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And it just made me think about relationships. If we don't value one another, if we don't see one another as a piece of God, we were created in his image. And so the way that we treat others, we need to see that as that's the way that we're treating God himself. Because we are that image of who Christ is. So...
2: the day we're all gonna
1: get
4: up okay so to add on because I know this is continual um if you see a strength in someone else no matter how many times we say that Rachel's a prophet or whatever remind them because there's often times that we forget who we are whether we are you know In our job, we're like, oh, we need security, we need to know that we're doing a good job, a pat on the back. At least for those who really like affirmation, but like, the constant, yes, this is who I am, this is who I am in the Lord. Because there are times where we forget, and there are times where we just need to be reminded, you know, that we are strong in the Lord, and that this is what he has given us, and this is what others recognize in us. So that's really all I had.
0: See how much better that was when the Lord added to it versus just me giving it? It's so much better. And I'm just blown away that the Lord would, yeah, come up. I'm blown away that the Lord would address an issue through Dan that us men need addressed. Like, that brings it up. In no way, shape, or form was I ever preparing any kind of, men, rise up. Let's admit our faults. Let's... Right. It just. It, I love that the Lord did that. Come on.
4: Hi, my name is Lisa, and I. This is my first time here. I use. I don't live here. I used to live here. I used to run at the Y and go. Wow. I wonder what that church looks like inside there, or whatever that building is now. And now I know. Um. So. I don't think I've ever given a prophetic word before and never really been called a prophet. But um, I know I'm supposed to share with you what I saw in worship. And I'm like, God give me a confirmation because. And then what did he? Uh, yeah. So everything he said. <laughs> so I'm like, OK. Um, so um, right before I came up here, the Lord reminded me of that scripture where Jesus is saying. Boxes have holes, and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And um, this is a place where Christ is laying his head. And so, um, ah, it's pretty powerful. It's so powerful, I can't... Um, I walked out of here to see if there were people coming in, because the Lord was like, oh my gosh, there! Um, these walls are open. And then we sang that song, break the walls down, and... Like, the walls of the church opened up, and people realized it was a place to step into him. And um, and I'm like, cars were stopping and going, I don't know what that is, I have to go there. And so I got up, and I left, and I'm like, I'll tell them to come in. <laughs> I think they need to come in, and nobody's out there, but it's going to happen. And, um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm a little shaky. Um... And in my spirit, I don't know what is physically north of this building. But there's something um, multidimensional that is, it's like liquid gold. I don't even know. I can't explain it. But there's something that God is doing that's going to happen here that um, all walks of life, will go, "What? I never knew this. How did? I never knew this was possible?" And I hope I'm here for that. I don't know. I'm stuck out in Southwest Kansas, <laughs> but I would love to be back here someday because it's pretty powerful. So bless you guys, and do not ignore whatever God is telling you to do. And I, I honor every one of you for whatever God is doing in your lives and what you're doing in others, because wow.) Um, yeah, and I can see I can see it going across dimensions like to the left to the right to the north to the south. And so it's awesome. So I think that's all God wanted to say. There's there's um there's a a sort of the spirit reaching out to whatever's north of us and it's just um causing all kinds of stuff to come into this place. So It's, it's pretty powerful. So thank you for letting me invade your world for a minute and do what I felt like God was telling me to do. So thank you.
2: I'm going to get in on this a little bit. We, we need this. We've, we've needed this for so long. I think this is, uh, you know. The word says that Jesus is building His church, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. And uh, for far too long, men's been trying to build His own church for for two thousand years. And every every opportunity that we have, we we seek our own way. You know, power unchecked uh, becomes perverted. And and uh, and, and now, uh, the church looks just like the temple did two thousand years ago, and it needs to be broken down. But uh, but Jesus is building His church, and He needs us to talk about what He's what He's doing in our lives and how He's leading us out of religion and how he's leading us into relationship. In my prayer this morning, I was just praying that I wouldn't follow the religions of my fathers, that I would have a real relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And uh, so many of these these messages are so entitling. dan's dan's message was great guys we all have jobs you know we go out in this place we come in here and, and we sing songs and we worship and we try to be authentic and we try to grow and then every you know we, we go out of here and then we just get beat up all week long We get beat up by by a busted broken world you know that 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 wants us to fail and uh man we walk around we carry that stuff around with us and it's so heavy and it's so burdensome that we don't want to we don't want to run after the father we want to we want to seek comfort we want to you know to, to find, to find something to make us feel better. And our sin is so heavy. Gosh, we carry that stuff around and, uh, and it destroys us. You know, it, the, the word, the word says that, it, you know, that, that sin so, uh, entraps us, entangles us. Uh, and, and guys, we got, we got to get out of that. It sucks. You know, we, we, uh, we have, uh, evil desires. We love our sin and, uh, we're, you know, we're called into relationship. I, I, you know, I was raised as an only child, and the relationship bothers me so much. I seek comfort in my solitude. You know, and uh, and we were built as a community, as a body of Christ, and we need to confess our sins to each other. You know, myself as as much as anybody else, but you know, we love we love uh, we love our sin that in, that entraps us, and uh, we we were given an opportunity in the church to to rebuke and confess, and we don't do that. We love our we love our religion. People love religion because we can. We feel like we can safely hide in a place away from God in our in our religion, uh, and and we will we'll try to get to the top, you know, and keep the people under. And that was exactly what the Pharisees did. Uh, religion brings glory to the person that looks like you're doing all the right things. Uh, I don't know where all I'm at right now, but. But, yeah, we were given this opportunity to, you know, we don't rebuke because we don't want to be called out for our sins because we're comfortable in that place. And we don't confess because we love our sins and we're comfortable in that place. And when I go, when I go to work during the week, I get, I get beat up. I mean, when I leave at the end of the day... Um, I'm just taking all the insults and all the, you know, you weren't good enough, and you didn't perform well, and whether that was self-imposed or that was something somebody else was taking, and I take that home with me at the end of the day, and, you know, what I want is, is a stand in a hot shower for 20 minutes and curse to myself because my body's broken, and I want to take a, you know, big old stiff drink to make myself forget about... The, the the adulting that I have to do every day. And I never and I never go like like Jesus, you be my cup. You know, let me let me take a big old shot of you and, and, and I, I heard the term holy comforter this week. I mean that kinda sounds like a blanket with a lot of holes in it, right? But but, but, but God God is the holy comforter. And, uh, and and that's one of the messages, guys, is just that we seek comfort. We look for a lifestyle of comfort. We try to build everything because we feel so come out by the enemy, so come out by the world. We look for ways to minimize that by controlling all the factors that we can, you know, whether it's the food that we eat, the things that we drink, the shows that we watch, the, you know, whatever. Because the last thing I want to do at the end of the day is come home and talk and be real and open my Bible and see what God says about me because I'm still, you know, telling myself that, that I'm not all that great. And so... Just a real quick, a couple things that I was I was hearing this morning. Whenever you guys were, you know, inviting us in time to the Holy Spirit, just hear what God was doing. Um, one for me is a very personal image of, of uh, like a caterpillar in a cocoon. You know, like I would much rather die inside of that cocoon than have to. To face the transformation of coming out into that new life and there's a Lecrae song that says dying of thirst but willing to die thirsty and that's exactly where that's exactly where I am because I'm, I'm afraid and I mean, we've been speaking about fear we've been speaking God's speaking all these things like don't listen to the words of the enemy you know it, it's not the way that you think it is you're we're being revitalized and given an opportunity to be a church that the gates of hell will not stand against and the other thing is is that I always only feel like I'm doing well spiritually when I'm And when I'm on the ball with all my spiritual practices, you know, I've never really – I have a hard time coming into the Jesus died for me. He did the thing, you know, and I have to accept that. And uh, I was just getting the image whenever uh, Chris was talking about um, uh, like like two soldiers, two brothers, you know, where Jesus was the firstborn of all creation. He was the oldest brother. And I said, I'm broken. I'm injured. I can't move. I can't do this. I need you. I need you to get me out of here. I need you to help me and, and glad as a brother he would he would you know <laughs> it's like the footsteps in the sand right but but you know he, i i need him to carry me out of this B- because i'm i'm broken i'm stuck by myself and i need i need all of you guys too but i'm i'm so happy to be in a part of a, a community where god's giving us an opportunity to share and, and are growing with each other because i heard it said the other day that and i think it's from scripture that um that the wise will shine like the stars in heaven forever, you know. And the thing is, I I want to I want to die in my sin because I'm comfortable dying in my sin. To live my whole life hearing about Jesus and praying to Him and talking to Him, but still willing to be be able to die separated from Jesus and not know what's going to happen because because of, because of fear, because of comfortability. And uh, we have we have this inheritance that's nothing like we can imagine, you know. And I don't, I don't want to die in my sin. I don't want to be burned up like chaff. You know, I don't want to be. I mean, dude, in my life, I am like a burning pile of garbage. That's exactly that's the, that's 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 the best of what I can create is a is a burning pile of garbage. And Jesus says, you guys are going to shine like the stars in the heavens forever. And I I want to want that. You know, like help me because of my unbelief. I mm-hmm. want that. Yeah. Okay, let me follow up real quick on Sorry.
0: No, I have I have something, um, and it was. It was one of those things where I was, so during this conversation where I was having this passion birthed in me, um, I, I was talking to this person and then all of a sudden I said, hold on, I have to write something down. <clears throat> um, I was like, hold on, I have to write something down. And then I typed it out in my phone and then I shared it and I didn't feel like it really made sense until just now. And so when he talked about Jesus will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He also said, for 2,000 years, man has been trying to build his own church. So we have, uh, I would call, that's the Babylonian spirit. In scripture, we find the Tower of Babel. And man came together and said, let us build for ourselves a structure, a tower that will reach the heavens. And then in the heavens, (laughs) the Father was looking down and said, come, let us confuse their languages. Because nothing is too great for them um, if they put their, their minds to it. So he confused their languages. Um, and essentially I think Casey said something about it. they were building a transdimensional edifice, so to speak, that what they were doing um, would have succeeded in reaching the heavens. Um, it, we can argue about that. But essentially what, what the father did was he, he, um, he confused their languages so that they spread out, um, and they didn't reach the heavens through their building. But then here comes Jesus who says, I'm going to build my church Right? And so nowhere in scripture does it say that the church is a building. However, it does say that we're all living stones with Christ as the chief cornerstone being built up together into the body of Christ. And let me tell you that when Christ builds his church, he builds a, an entity. He builds a body of people that do reach the heavens in Christ. Yeah. And that the church should be a place, not a building that you walk into, but a community that you enter into that is your portal to heavenly things. So that the building that Christ builds, which is his body, which is us, reaches the heavens. And we reach the heavens together and then we administer out into the earth what is reality in the heavens and the gates of hell will not prevail against heaven coming to earth through the church so when man tries to build and reach the heavens he fails but jesus builds and reaches the heavens and scripture tells us that we exist there and we administer out right because he ascended to heaven right crazy huh yeah so that's what that's what's happening here
5: Uh, cool. Quick, quick word. Um, when Brian was talking about the sin that so easily entangles God, just reminded me that this summer, or not this summer, uh, a few months ago, I had spent some time with Jill's uh, stepdad, and he, we went out trapping for beavers, actually in a little pond, and uh, he, he was. I know it's funny, but uh, but it, this is going somewhere. It is random. He just reminded me. Uh, So the sin that's so easily entangled, Satan is, you know, trying to set snares, right? And what I've learned a lot about setting snares because that's what, you know, he was teaching me about trapping uh, animals. And the way that you trap an animal, you don't just set a trap anywhere. You You set a trap where the animal frequently comes through, right? It's called a game trail, right? You set a trap where they frequently visit, okay? And so it was just two things. To me... Um, also in Psalm, so, so we, get, we get stuck because we're going back the same paths that we used to go down. And I'm guilty of this. I'm stuck in my ways. and stuck in my ways. The way. yeah. Anyway, so, you know, we get stuck in my ways and I keep coming through back to the same path. wondering why I get so easily entangled in a snare. Uh, so two things I, I believe God wants to do right now is that we need to stop going down. So we need to blaze a new trail in newness, right, which is what's happening right now, uh, which is very sweet you know to see something refreshing right so so we're, we want to blaze a new trail stop going down those paths that we know that the snares are going to be okay because he is waiting lying in wait and i think in psalms it says that god will release your foot from the snare if you think about an animal if you get stuck in a snare you're not going anywhere you are stuck until you that enemy comes along to kill you basically you're, you're waiting for death uh you know and so you're you're stuck. You're in pain. Uh, you probably have a broken limb. I mean, it's just it's a it's an ugly it's an ugly way to die, you know. And uh, so I think that God wants to release people's foots from the snare right now. And so I just want to pray over that and over me especially because you know things just keep coming up where and it's the same stuff. It's never something. It's not something new. You know what I mean? This isn't new to me. You know, it's like why am I in the same place? Oh, because I took the same path that I had been down millions of times before, and I knew it was going to happen. You know what I mean? So why am I so surprised? Guys, this is happening to me. It's my own fault, right? It's our own fault if we're stuck in snares. And so we don't want to be stuck anymore. Uh, we need to be released from that. And uh, we, we need to be mended. Uh, and I believe that God wants to come. And it takes strength to, know, to open a trap. You can't do it yourself. An animal cannot release himself from, from a, from a trap. It takes strength to do that. And God's strength is more than enough to release our foot from the snare. So we want to do that right now. And so I'm just going to pray real quick. And then I'll, I'll, I'll get out of your face. Uh, God, thank you so much, Lord, for... Um, just uh bringing these things to to mind and you know that that even learning about worldly things like trapping translates into spiritual realms and so uh lord i just i thank you for your your prominence and 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 god just how you can speak through anything whatever whatever you you can if you could speak through a donkey god you can speak through anything you know and so we just want to uh lift you up first of all to where you're rightly seated in our hearts um you know everybody wants a savior they don't want lord god so we want to we want to we envision you right now in the throne of our heart and displace ourselves and uh and come to your feet right so the first will be last the last will be first god so we place ourselves at your feet uh jesus and uh you are thrown are on the throne of our hearts god second of all i want to um father just ask that the spirit guide us to uh, to blaze new trails god not go down the same trails to keep go or to blaze into newness father um and, and not get stuck uh, with the way that we know because it's the way that we know and we're scared to, you know, take the machete and start hacking a new way, Father. So let's, uh, God, just your spirit just pour out through us, Lord, and guide us and direct us. Uh, a, a stream will flow from inside of us, Lord, and the stream goes wherever it, wherever it winds, Father, and so let that stream direct us to where we're going, uh, Lord, and uh, Father, for anybody, uh, especially myself right now, God, in spiritual realms, realms and places, God, that are stuck, uh, in the snare of the enemy, Father, that we've, you know, we repent for the way that we, for going back the ways that we've been going, God, uh, to get caught in that snare, and Lord, and I just ask that you release, release us from that right now, Father, and so the vision is, is that you're reaching down right now with your strong, capable hands, Father, and you are opening that snare right now, Father, we are loose as we shake that off, Father, we are loose, and Father, we, we, uh, we just, we prance, and we're running and jumping and having a good time, God. We are, we, are, we are not stuck in that trap anymore, Father. Give us wisdom to uh, to see the other snares that are that are lying in wait as well. Because those aren't, that's not the only one, Father. There, there are more and more and more to come, Father. So just keep us wise, Lord, so we don't uh, so we can get caught again, Father. We love you. Thank you so much for your word and uh, for using me, I guess, God. Thank you. Amen. Oh
6: okay, okay. I uh, yeah okay I have a simple solution but it's very it's just all comes down to your identity and God, not as fathers and husbands how we can do our job we have to, I'm doing this myself and sometimes I forget, but I'm I, I see myself what through God's eyes so through Jesus' eyes, God, he sees me when he sees me then I see it and I know who I really am through God Jesus' eyes I'm perfect, made perfectly I shine, I'm a beam in light I pulsate, and when I pulsate I shoot off any demon's dark shadows around me I see this in the spirit realms that's who I am and it's full of energy we're all spirit of light of God's light within light there's no death within everything that we have that we boggles us down as, as, as males, husbands, fathers and pride and all that stuff if you see yourself through God's eyes all that stuff vanishes and it's overcome by the light. It bounces off of you. And I have no idea what I'm talking about. I do, but I don't know how to say it. Um, I'm prepared, yeah. Um, but anyway, I just know that's what I'm supposed to talk about. About this: find your identity in Christ. Find that first before you do anything else. When you see yourself through God's eyes, I'm just reiterating. If you see yourself through God's eyes and know who you are, then you know what to do. It just comes through you, the Spirit. just comes through you. And you be that husband. You be that that um, strong person. To be a leader. To be. Do what I'm doing right now. Just getting up. I don't know. I know all of you. Some not. I'm up here. It's crazy. <laughs> Woo! <Woo-hoo! laughs> little Justin Abraham. Um, now, I just want to encourage all of you, actually, men, women, babies around here someplace, uh, that you just have to find your identity. If you don't know, there's a series on finding your identity in Christ that's out there to know who you are in Christ. Not, I'm a son of God. I'm a Christian. Now, there's who you are is a spirit of light. And each one of those spirit of a lights that just pulsates and ministers to each and every one of you and to yourselves and to your families. And that's just what I have to say right now. I'll
1: just Okay. Last time. Hopefully. Unless the spirit moves again. Um so as man there's just so much just pouring out right now and everything that everybody is speaking is just resonating with me i'm sure it's resonating with all of you just as equally and it is about the identity and i remember like i'm thinking about years past when we first started the aviator north church plant and to see the growth that we've all excelled in it's been 8 years it's been 8 years <laughs> and there's so much man there's so, I'm trying to like you know silo my thoughts and so I can speak them out properly cuz you know I have a hard time articulating things but I'm up here and each one of us have been a part of this family, the divine connections that he's brought together. And I remember, Lord, just speak through me. <laughs> My thoughts are racing right now. Times in past where we needed that extra oomph of growth. <laughs> there was a word that was said, you know, and, and the Lord just molded us and shaped us. And as brothers and sisters, you know, we squabble, we get on each other's nerves sometimes, we irritate, right? But, oh my gosh, there's so much. I could either talk about the pearl or I could talk about the butterfly, but we're going to stay focused on the butterfly because that's what (laughs) what he was saying. Um, So, you guys know about the Daughters Awakening Conference that we did um, when this Place was coming together. When we were coming here, we were cleaning. And as many of you know, the Lord had me doing that. Supernaturally brought me into this divine connection with that. So as you guys were over here, I was over here, but still in the same building, and we were still all working together, just doing our own part that God called us to do, right? And we did it, and it was great. And during that time, I don't know if you guys know the story, but the Lord said to me, what you guys are doing here is equally important and what you are doing is causing heaven and earth to collide. And I didn't know the gravity of that. And he said, what you're doing here is a replica of what I'm doing in Israel. I didn't know the gravity of that. But as you know, through the obedience of you guys, um, just sending me out there I got to see the gravity of that and the beauty of what God was doing there and here and it's all connected and we're all connected and so after during that time that I went to Israel it was a year before that that we did the daughter's awakening and it was during the Feast of Tabernacles which is when I went to Israel and the Lord said I'm doing a new thing now We're going to go way back. Put the story together. I read or I wrote a poem that was about the butterfly. And it was about how our life as a Christian is similar to the life of the butterfly. And how we're inching along in our life. Just doing what we know how to do, right? But then there's a moment. This time where we are in this cocoon, the wilderness moment. I went through a wilderness moment. I don't know if you guys have ever been there,
4: but it sucks.
1: <laughs> but it was good because it was a time of pruning, it was a time of of growing and and understanding that we may not know where we're at. We may not we may feel lost in that moment. But he is Taking us to this place of growth through growth. And then we we're going to come out and we we're going to soar into a beautiful butterfly. So, that brings me to the new conference, because he's doing a new thing. And it's a women's conference. And um, I just, I felt led to just speak on this real quick. And just say, I want to welcome the women in here. Who have, I mean the men too, you know. If you feel led to help in any way, please do. Because this is about this building. It's about this ecclesia. It's about all of us raising, being raised up into the newness, the fullness, and who God created us to be. And so it's about us soaring. And I would love for you guys to be a part of that in any way that you feel led. If you don't feel led, that's fine. But I feel going into this new time, it's going to be about everyone coming together and serving together and loving one another. So, anyway. Oh, I haven't done this in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just wanted to speak on what Dustin said. He said, um, identity in Christ. So, what came to me was, um, when you're in Christ, God puts white robes on you and not dirty, black, or any color robes because white is a holy color. So when you're in, like, in Christ, you're dressed in a white robe. You, your identity is perfect. Like you said, it's, you are perfect in his eyes and you're not dressed in any color. Because white is clean, yeah, clean. It's pure. So, white is the door. The door is- mm-hmm. Exactly. Nice. So, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so I just wanted to say that. that was-